Welcome to the What's Your Thoughts on This podcast. I'm your host, Amir Ali. The topic of today's show is Souls and G-Spots, a conversation about self-love and masturbation with intimacy and self-love coach, Mystique Maisha. You don't want to miss this. (laughs) But hey, before we do anything, before you do anything, make sure you subscribe and share this episode with a friend. Have a blessed day, everyone. God bless you. What's up, world? Welcome to the What's Your Thoughts on this podcast. I'm your host, Amir Ali. I'm an opinionated fat boy from the west side of Detroit. I was groomed in Chicago and shaped in New York, but in my heart, Paris is home. Join me on my quest to get answers and gain clarity on a plethora of controversial topics, current events, and political issues. It's a lot going on in the world that I want to discuss, so please take a listen and tell me your thoughts. Tell me what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts, what's your thoughts, what's your thoughts, ooh, tell me what's your thoughts. Pleasuring yourself or masturbation for most people is something that's usually done in private. Well, that's what I thought until I met intimacy and self-love coach Mystique. Souls and G-Spots is a place where women can come and feel free. It's a place where women can receive healing from sexual and mental traumas by way of pleasure work and masturbation. Mystique prides herself on assisting women with connecting to their erotic powers and teaching them how to better communicate their personal desires and their personal boundaries. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome self-love and intimacy coach Mystique Maisha. Thank you for coming to the show today, Mystique. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, we're going to get right into it. So, souls and G-spots. Yes. Can you tell us what that is? I am the founder, the creative goddess of Souls and G-spots, which is my creative baby project, formerly a business, but right now I'm just sort of content creating. But this journey started in 2016 when I had really had this moment in my life where I wanted pleasure to take me to new levels. I was really looking for a pleasure that was so rooted in in joy. I wanted pleasure that was healing. And I had gone through a lot of casual sex experiences that were, you know, cool. But I knew that it was so much more to life than what I was experiencing. So I started Souls and G-Spots because I got into self-touch or masturbation, which is the common way of understanding it. And I was able to tap into myself at just a deeper level. I was, in addition to being able to understand my body and understand what felt good, what didn't feel good, where I like to be touched, how I liked the mood to be. I was able also to understand my emotions because a lot of things come up when you you sit with yourself and you process with yourself and you pleasure yourself. So I was able to see into myself. Masturbation became like a mirror into all of my deepest desires and blockages. So Souls and G-Spot is a place where what occurs? So it is my baby where I teach Black women and inspire Black women to seek pleasure first through themselves. And and when I say pleasure, I'm not just talking about sexual, although that's one of them. I'm talking about a, a plethora of ways to seek pleasure. I think you have to understand and be grounded within yourself first. That's foundational and important. So that's the premise 
of my business and platform and what I do. So self-pleasure, one of those was masturbation and what some of the others? So let me break down Souls and G-Spots. So there's two components of Souls and G-Spots, right? And the Souls part of Souls and G-Spots really deals with the inner part of you, the shadow work, right? Like who are you, right? That's what the Souls part of Souls and G-Spots is seeking to have people examine. Who are you beyond your traumas, with your traumas? You know, who are you? And then the G-Spots part of of Souls and G-Spots is really dealing with sex is really dealing with the primal and the, you know, the sort of physical parts of sex, right? Because all of that stuff is important. And so it's just a combination of our higher selves and our lower selves, if you will, sort of coming together to create a life of joy. So you actually do the counseling? So right now I'm not, but at one point I was. So I was really working with Black women predominantly by doing workshops mainly is the way that I was able to counsel and to share my perspectives about, I mean, I've done workshops on all different kinds of things. Like uh, one of them that stands out to me was a workshop that I did on examining this sort of separation between like the hoe and the the good girl, right? And how those have negative impacts on how black women show up in our sexual experiences and how we show up into the world, right? And so, I've also had people seek me out to get my advice and to sit with them and process. So that's what I was doing. Currently, I'm just focused on myself and being the master of my own pleasure. (laughs) So I'm not really working with anybody right now. I'm just focused on myself. So are you a licensed social worker? I am not. So just to give you my credentials, um, I have a bachelor's in communication, a master's in education, and then currently I'm pursuing my doctorate degree in human sexuality. Okay. What is your audience? So a, a woman that will come to you, is it the woman who is sad and depressed? Is it a woman who is in a happy relationship? You know, what woman would want to seek you out? Both. I would say the woman who is sad and depressed and the woman who is happy, right? Because The woman who is sad and depressed may be coming to figure out how to escape that. How do I get out of this? How do I liberate myself from my pain? How do I liberate myself from the shit that I've gone through in my life? Whether that's daddy issues, abuse in relationships, um, you know, whatever, mental health problems, right? Which I've also battled with in my past, right? So they may come to me trying to liberate themselves from that. And then there are women who are happy too. They in relationships, but... Like, for example, I had somebody one time who was happily married, but asked me like, hey, I feel like I haven't connected with myself in the way that I deserve to be with myself. Because a lot of times women are conditioned to prioritize marriage and being in relationships with men before they are happy with themselves. Yeah. Before they even know themselves. Or even know themselves. Exactly. Society don't give a fuck. If you're a woman and you don't love yourself enough, go find a man and he'll fix that for you, right? Yeah. That's kind of how we're conditioned, right? So sometimes when a woman may meet her man, she may have been with her man since she was 20. And I, I can't speak for everybody, but I can't even imagine being with a man and meeting a man and marrying him early because what time would I have had for myself and to yeah. get to know me? You feel me? So, and I mean, everybody's paths and journeys are different, but I just know. I feel like that's a lot (laughs) at such a young age. Definitely. So a woman comes and she goes to Souls and G-Spots. What does that look like? 
Yeah. So just to give you sort of insight into what I was doing, right? So a woman may come and may contact me and she may say I was sexually abused when I was a child. So I need help. I need help with processing that because I feel like I'm not allowing myself to experience pleasure, right? So a part of that would be me, first of all, doing a consultation with her, right? To figure out like, what are you, what are you trying to seek from this experience with me? What do you, what is your sort of end goal? After you're done talking to me, what is it that you hope to achieve, right? And so once I figure that out and I figure out what is it that you're trying to achieve, right? Um, a lot of it is just really, at, at one point I had a client that I was working with and I was seeing her once a week. And every week we just focused on a different topic. And as I got to know her, I found that a lot of her problems had a lot to do with like her familial connections, how she was raised and her relationships with her family. And so we spent a long time, like maybe three or four weeks really unpacking, right? Like these relationships with the family, right? And then me giving her homework. Like sometimes I would have clients that I would give homework to and it would be anything from mirror activities. Go sit in front of the mirror naked and stare at yourself for 20 minutes. Right. Like it could be go get in the bath, take a bath tonight. Right. Like it would just me being like guided by intuition. Right. Along with some other sort of practical stuff. Like what is it that this person needs and how do I get them to unravel? Yeah. So sitting in front of the mirror for, you said like 30 minutes or so, what does that do to someone? It forces them to see themselves how they are? Well, here's the thing. Mirror work, whether you booty butt, booty butt naked or not, it's important work to do because most of us only look in the mirror when we trying to check out to see if our outfit is, you know, looking good or whatever. You know, most of us don't use the mirror outside of vain reasons. What happens is, is when you use the mirror as a as a tool to look inside of yourself right what you're doing is really seeing yourself especially naked you're really seeing yourself for who you really are in that moment and so whenever i have done mirror work um and i've done it naked i've always looked at myself in my eyes and really have saw so much of my sadness that I was not able to hold space for, right? Or that I didn't even know was there, right? A lot can really come up. I guess I've had sessions where joy can come up. But most of the time when you're doing this work, it's going to be a lot of heavy shit coming up. Because you, you, you're you sitting with yourself and you're looking at yourself. You're, you're finding things that you may not like about yourself. You're finding things that you may not be proud of that you've done. Yeah, you're dealing with it. Mm. You're dealing with a lot of shit. A lot of shit will come up. A lot. Well, you know what, Alexa? Add a mirror to my cart, please. <laughs> One moment. Amazon's choice is Yika Adjustable Flexible Gooseneck Makeup Mirror Folding Portable Desk Vanity Mirror. It's $9.99 <laughs> with delivery by August 8th. I added it to your Amazon cart for review. To purchase, say buy it now. Okay. So I got that. Um, <laughs> but no, I can see the benefits of something like mirror work. And I was speaking to another lady and she was talking about having people look in the mirror. And it's funny when you say that we only look in the mirror to check ourselves out to see if we look OK. And that's very true. You know, we don't often look in the mirror to look inside of ourselves. So 
What brought you to this? Pain brought me to joy. So, you know, just... Pain brought you to joy. Like, what pain? Um, ooh, man. I think specifically, definitely my relationships with men. Was your father in your life? No, not... Fi- my father was in prison for most of my life. In fact, he just got out not too long ago. So... So growing up, did you look for a father figure in other men because your father wasn't around? I'm sure in some ways, right, I sought that out, right? I sought out that masculine energy that's important for us to experience within men. Because here's the thing, we are all a combination of feminine and masculine energy. You know, I have my own masculine energy, you know, and so I think that I was seeking it out specifically in relationships with men. And so most certainly, and I think when I got to a place in my life where I was just really tired of having frustrating experiences with men. And I took a break from dating because I had just gone through relationship, like after relationship, after experience, after connection, after, and none of it was fulfilling for me. What were some of the frustrating experiences that you were having? Oof. Really toxic and abusive relationships, right? Physically or verbally? I wouldn't say I was physically abused, right? But I will say that it was it was fighting. It was two people putting their hands on each other, right? So there's that. And then just not being loved in a way even relationships that weren't bad. I just wasn't being loved in the way that I wanted to be in is because I didn't know how I wanted to be loved. I had not figured out what love was and how I wanted to be loved. So it just was a lot of, like a lot of lying, manipulation. On both ends? Yes, yes. I've had one relationship in particular where I was definitely manipulative. Manipulative how? Manipulative in a way where I didn't want him to leave me because of fear of being alone. And because I had gone through so many relationships where where I wasn't treated well. And he was like one of the first men that really invested in me. You know, like he would do anything that I asked him to do. You know, he would he was always there. He was such a beautiful person. And Instead of just letting him go, I became abusive. But why did you need to let him go if he was everything that you wanted or needed at that time? Why did you have to let him go? Because here's the thing. I always say this. Just because somebody is nice, it doesn't mean that y'all are compatible. Yeah, that's true. I think Black women are so used to abuse and toxicity. And I would just say even Black people in general, because I'm sure not just Black women go through this, but I'm just speaking for myself, Yeah, is that we're so used to so much bullshit that when you meet somebody that's nice or the quote-unquote quote, quote good man, you may feel like, oh, this, this motherfucker is an anomaly or something, you know, so I'm going to hold on to him because ain't no other nice Black man out in the world, you know, because we internalize these narratives based on our own experiences and because of anti-Blackness, we be feeling like it ain't no beautiful brothers that exist in the world. So when you find one, even if it ain't quite what you want, you will settle for it. And while he was beautiful in so many ways, he wasn't for me. Why not? Were you not attracted to him? Was he no, too passive? He is, like no, what? no, no, no. It wasn't that I went to try to child. Uh-uh, no. Good, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Good looking man. Like, 
beautiful chocolate. She said, hold on, hold on. Yeah, no. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, no, no, no. Beautiful. <laughs> I mean, like chocolate, you know, muscles and tattoos, you know, like gorgeous. But I needed more in terms of intellectual stimulation. Um, he wasn't intellectually satisfying for me. So then okay. that started to affect our sexual, like my, my ability to be sexually free with him because I'm like, if I don't feel that connection through intelligence with you, you know what I'm saying? Like if I can't talk about exorcisms and leprechauns with you, we're not going to get very far in, you know what I'm saying, in this sexual experience. And I can't be with somebody that I can't have and enjoy sex with. I just, I can't do that. Also, the other thing too was, is that I was very ambitious and every six months elevating, doing something different with my life. And he just was real stagnant, like not not developing. And yeah. I, I, I just didn't want a man that I was like, I don't, as nice as you are, I don't want to take care of you. I don't want to take care of you because I'm getting ready to have more money than you. I don't want to take care of you. He wasn't worthy enough for you to invest in him too, because he was investing in you in, in some ways because he had provided a lot of different things for you that you needed, right? Right. You couldn't right. fill those gaps for him or you didn't feel as if he was worthy enough for you to fill those gaps. So two things, I have two answers for that. The first one is, no, he was not worthy of me doing that because one, I just didn't feel like we were compatible. I gotcha. didn't, you understand what I'm saying? Like yep. I just didn't feel like that was the man that I wanted to wake up to gotcha. 30 years from now. The second thing was I didn't have the bandwidth to do that. Cause see for a woman, you gotta be healed in order to, to do that. My heart wasn't in a position to be able to invest in a man in that yeah. way. Right. Like I was too, too broken at that time in my life to hold space for a brother. Sisters, if you want to hold space for a man in that way where you're supporting him and, you know, becoming the best version of himself, you got to first work on that shit with yourself. I just wasn't there. So if I was to meet a man now where, you know, maybe it was some things that he needed for me to invest in him, if he had all the other stuff that I was looking for, I may be a little bit better in a better of a spiritually and emotionally to be able to do that. Because of the place that you're in. Right. So you knew that he wasn't compatible, but you began to manipulate him and wanted him to stay. How? Telling him that I wanted to be with him when I knew that I didn't want to. I think he knew that I didn't want him. But then that's where the manipulation comes in because I'm trying to convince him and myself that, that I didn't you want to be with you. Yeah, and I really knew that I didn't want to. You knew you didn't want to be with him. You were telling him that you still wanted to be with him and trying to convince him that you wanted to be with him. During this time, were you dating other people or looking for that one that you would be compatible with? Absolutely. My options definitely were still open. And then I, at that time, too, I was in love with somebody. It was a child. It was just a mess. I, so wait, <laughs> hold on. You were in love with someone else, dating this man and trying to convince him that you liked him. Yeah. So the person that you were in love with, why weren't you in a relationship? So we were not together for a lot of different reasons. One was that I think both him and I had a lot going on in our lives at that time 
that I think wouldn't have created a conducive environment for us to love each other in the way that I believed that we had the capacity to love each other. That was the first thing. The second thing was he was in another relationship as well. So what about this guy that you loved? What was it about him that you loved so much and why you would say that you loved him and not the other guy? Oof, he was beautiful. I think at that time in my life, oh, this is emotional. Child, where you get your interviewing degree at? <laughs> um, <laughs> I like this though. This is good. Um, he came into my life when I needed inspiration and motivation. And I had lost myself because I had gone through a couple of different back-to-back sort of traumatic things. Like I had just lost my grandmother. Um, I had a, I had had a miscarriage and was dealing with the effects of that with the person that I was dealing with at the time, who's another, who's a whole nother person. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, and I had lost my way. And so when he came into my life at that time, I needed inspiration and he inspired me. And that's one of my love languages is that I need to be inspired by you. If a, if a person does not inspire me, I can have love for you, but I can't, it won't be deep. And so my love for him was deep because I felt so moved and inspired and awakened. We understood each other without speaking. You know what I'm saying? It just was a, I understood his soul and I didn't know why I did, but I just understood him without him having to tell me anything. And so that that's why that relationship for me was easy for me. It was just easy for me to fall in love, you know, easy for me to be in love with that person. Yeah. Was he in love with you as well? Absolutely. I'm sure he still loved me. Okay. Do you still love him? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you, when you have that kind of connection with somebody, it's like you always love them. You know what I mean? Like you'll always love them. Was sex better with the boyfriend or with the guy that you love? Uh, I hope none of my niggas listen to your podcast. Um, (laughs) Um, I mean, but we're keeping it real because, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a lot of women who will hear the the latter portion of this as you tell them some of the things that you do who have been in the same situation, who are in the situation with a man who is... In some cases, a man that is good for them, but they're not in love with. And it's another man that they love, you know. So, yeah. Which one did you enjoy? Sex with the person that I love was a thousand percent better. I always tell people that. And so for people listening, right, sex is always better with someone you love. Oh, for sure. And and, and yeah. we don't treat it like that anymore because everything is so quick and everything is so hooked up and all of that stuff. And we're looking at things. But when you love somebody, their hair can be undone. They can be whatever. And you still it still will be a connection with them. But however, so you went through those things with both men. How did the relationship end with the boyfriend? We collectively was tired of me playing games. <laughs> Okay. Well, he really set a boundary, if I'm being honest, right? Like, he really set a boundary. And and then from that, I was able to decide, like, yeah, you know what? I actually, I don't want this. Were you guys living together? 
No, no, no. I don't. That's one of my rules. I don't live with partners. No. So, okay. So after that relationship was over, what told you that you needed to make a change? And then after that change, you starting Souls and G-Spots. I had enough casual sex after that. And it didn't feel you? No, it was just, you know, just something to do. You know, I have went through a um, an ego stage in my life where when I started to do Souls and G-Spots, I had not had the kind of attention that I had had. Even with my follower account being low, I, I still get a lot of attention. And so, especially when I first started, you know, I had not had that much attention in my life. So I had a lot of men that just wanted to pleasure me. And some of them, I let them do that, you know, or attempt to do it. And then some of them I didn't, you know, but it was just like a lot, like a lot of ego around, like, I'm gonna go fuck my fan, you know, (laughs) kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I know this is off topic, but this was a question I always wanted to know. And since we're, you know, one of the things you deal with is self-touch. How do you feel as a woman? Okay, because we hear about men doing this constantly where they just sleep with the woman. There's no feelings and all of that stuff. How do you feel as a woman when you have sex with a man, he ejaculates, right? And he, you know, exits the vagina. He leaves or you leave. Like, what is that feeling for you? Because I know some people want to hug afterwards. Some people don't. Some people want more. Some people want them to call tomorrow. But being in a situation where you know it's a hookup, basically, how do you feel as a woman after that sexual experience? Let me say this. It depends on what the intention is you're going into sex with, right? Like, and we have to be honest about what our intentions are, because some people say, I just want to fuck. And that ain't really what they really, really want to do. You know, you just convincing yourself. It also, too, if you want some whole shit and it's just really about you getting your money or you getting some paid for getting this dinner or whatever you whatever you hoeing for. You know what I'm saying? Like it really just depend on what your intention is with how you want to use sex. For me and my experiences, again, that was a problem for me because I knew that I wanted love and connection and intimacy. And I wasn't I wasn't getting that with casual sex. You know what I'm saying? Like we have this what they call sexual aftercare after sex. And that deals with a person kind of like surgery. Like when you go into surgery, you have aftercare. There's things that a person needs. It's the same thing with sex. There are things that you need after sex and it varies by different person, you know? So for me, you know, definitely if I'm loving you and feeling you and, or I'm really into you is I definitely want to you know, or I might want to just have you get away from me and just have you sit in the bed. Or I might want you to go cook me some food or go pick me up some food. But what was the feeling mentally, though? That's where I'm going. It's like emptiness. Yeah. Like emptiness or dissatisfaction. You know, like you you unsatisfied. You're not, you know what I'm saying? Like You didn't get totally fulfilled. The sex could yeah. be great, everything. And, I, and, you know, if I'm being honest, there's a lot of men that feel like that as well because... I think the whole hookup thing, I think people get brought into that because they've been hurt from relationships. And so they have these sexual desires that they want to fulfill. They meet someone and get those desires fulfilled. But there's times when men have sex with women and they like them and the girl is like, oh, no, I thought we were just going to have sex and vice versa. But it's always funny to me that both people in, in those situations 
leave empty, but they go to those situations again. Well, I don't want to pathologize people's reasonings for why they do things. Everybody has different reasons for why they do stuff. And it could just be you may not have the capacity for, you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, a couple weeks ago, a brother posted online that he paid for sex. And I'm like, a lot of niggas pay for sex. I mean, like, yeah. why you think OnlyFans is popular right now? It's like a lot of y'all husbands and boyfriends is paying for fucking booty. Um, So it's like, so a lot of men do that. And men that are single, men that are in relationships. And the brother said he paid for sex because he don't have the time he said because of his the demands in his life and him being really successful, et cetera, he don't have the time to be playing the pursue game with women. He's like, I'm just going to let a woman know what it is and pay her and enjoy myself and going about my business. And so it's just like, again, I bring that up only to say that everybody has different needs based on where they're at at that point in their life, which will determine what you have the capacity for. You may not have the capacity or the time for lovemaking. Lovemaking takes time. You know what I'm saying? That requires time. It requires intention. It requires for you to get grounded. It requires for you to be present. So if you got a whole bunch of shit going on in your life, you're not going to have the capacity to be making love. You only going to be having the capacity to be fucking in and out and getting on about your business. So I don't want to say there's something wrong with you. It just may be mean that you ain't ready for all that or you ain't got time for all that. At the heart of it, it seems like we all want love, right? But then we don't want to put the work into it to get love back. Oftentimes, it's always everyone else, and we don't internalize that and look at ourselves. And that was kind of why I was going to that relationship with that guy. But when you said that you guys weren't compatible, that's a big thing, you know, because we do sometimes stick and stay in situations just because we don't want to be alone. I've been there. And it can be other things as well, but you have to know when it's time to dodge. You have conferences where you talk to people about self-touch. And about so not conferences. No, I, oh, okay. I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't doing no conferences. So just... just, <laughs> okay. just I was just, about to say, girl, show me what the... What? <laughs> yeah, no, no conferences. Just, um, again, right now, I'm just focused on content creating. I'm not running a business at this point because I had to take my own healing to a new level, right? And so I think it's important that if you want to hold space for other people's healing, you got to be doing it for yourself. I didn't feel like it was my job in this past year and a half to be really doing anything for anybody. Now, every now and again, I may have people seek me out and send me messages and say, like, I had somebody a couple of weeks ago ask me if I could do a, a titty ceremony for them. And I was like, you know, no problem. I check in with myself and see if I can hold space. And if it's something I can do, then I'll do. But what's a titty ceremony? <laughs> so a titty ceremony is it's really a space where people with not just titties, it could be chest, you know, um, come to hold space for not only the physical titty or chest, but also the heart, because your heart chakra is connected to the chest um, breast area. So what I like to do in these these workshops or ceremonies is I like to have people honor and tap into what's in their heart. You know, and we do a lot of journaling. We do a lot of conversations after we journal. Is everyone topless? So I'm always topless. Um, okay. But it's the option for people to, they don't have to be if you don't want to be, but I'm topless. Do you find that most of the people are topless as well? No, not most of the people. Sometimes people come... And they're like, 
I don't know. You okay. know, I don't know. <laughs> I want to, you know, it, that's why it's optional. I don't make it like when I've done it, you know, I don't make it like a, you know, you got to or, you know, like it helps. Right. Because yeah. we hear to it's just kind of like if you go in to the doctor and you like something's wrong with my arm, but I don't want to show it to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but hey, whatever, to each his own. So really, it's, it's a heart chakra. It's, it's heart working on the heart showing love to the breast, to the chest, to the titty. And as I've said in my workshop before, it's really important for black folks because I feel like black folks are only associated with particular body parts. So especially like black women and femmes are really associated with like they ass. You know what I'm saying? And hips and thighs and shit like that. And so a lot of times people don't give, especially in sex too, especially when you're dealing with men, it's different when you're dealing with other genders. But like men kind of feel, a lot of men, not all men, but a lot of men feel like, oh, I mean, if the titties is there, they there. I'm cool with it. But it ain't that, a lot of men don't really care. Yeah, a lot of black men. Exactly. A lot of black men. A lot of white men are titty men. (laughs) Exactly. And And black men are ass men. And it's just like, titties are so nurturing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, what does that say about us when you don't want to give attention to the very thing that can replenish a child? It can, you know, these can feed children. These can, you know what I'm saying? These can be a safe space for you to rest, for you to rejuvenate. And you don't want to worship. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, what does yeah. that say about us as a people when you just like disregard titties? Like, you know, so that's what I do. I'm like, nah, let's get into these titties. These titties matter. You know what I'm saying? So at least mine do. So what's some of the other ceremonies? I did the masturbation monologue, which I, let me say this. All of my events are a ceremony. So if I do a workshop, it's a ceremony. If I do any type of art related kind of stuff is ceremony so i did a masturbation monologues two years ago and we focused on healing through spoken word and some people got naked and some people didn't and some people told their truths and so that's that's the last biggest ceremony that i did where we sold out and it was beautiful and i look forward to doing it again next year is my goal to do it again so wait a minute. Hold on a second. This was a masturbation monologue? Yeah, masturbation monologue show. A masturbation monologue show. So I had a group of eight people. Men and women or just women? Men, women, non-binary folks, trans folks. Um, just a combination of just black and brown folks where we came together and everybody shared different stories about Things ranging from sexual abuse to the first time they discovered that they clitoris could do magical things. I did two pieces where I talked about me manifesting my dream partner. So that was that was a ritual, <laughs> whether they were, knew it or not. I did a ritual in front of everybody where I was manifesting what my dream partner would be like. And then the second piece that I did was really like a, a celebration of why self-touch is important. So we had also had somebody come through and do tantric breath work with us. And so for those of you that are not familiar with the with Tantra, it is a philosophy that really deals with the with you being present, being aware. And so the breath is really essential to Tantra because it really deals with you 
understanding that, you know, your life force, right, is the very thing that that makes you alive. And you always want to be in tune with your breath and, you know, using it through everything, always grounding. We had somebody come and do breath work. We did a domination and submissive tutorial and I was the sub and somebody was the dom and it was great. We had a wonderful time. So are people ever having sex after or during these events? No. So, <laughs> well, I'm sure after. I'm sure people, a lot of people <laughs> went home and had sex. I, I'm sure people did. It was, yeah. it was the, the energy was high. So I'm sure they did, but not during, no. I'm not, and I'm not opposed to that. I'm just not, I'm not at a place where I have been able to identify places where you can facilitate that kind of stuff. So, got you. Why is self-touch important? It's important for you to understand, and I'm really speaking to women and femme, non-binary folks. It's really important for you to understand what you feel like so that you can be the agent of your own joy and your own pleasure. We live in a culture that tells us to, and even sometimes forces us, unfortunately, to surrender our bodies to someone else before we surrender to ourselves. I know for certain that that has negative impacts on the ways that we are able to connect with other people because we go into relationships not understanding who we are and what we need. And then we put the burden on other people to help us figure it out. And given there are some things that other people will help you understand through virtue of being in relationship with them, but you have to have some type of understanding, at least some type of foundation of who you are and what you need. The statistics show that straight women are, I want to say 70 or 65 to 70% of them are not experiencing orgasms in -hmm. relationships with men. And as much as we can blame men, (laughs) it's not always them, right? Like, you grown, sis. You got to figure out what you need and what you like, especially because we living in an era of so much sexual positivity. It's the resources are out there. It's no excuse to be laying down with men and not being pleasured anymore. We are not in the 1920s. Yeah, but I think a lot for Black people, we're rooted in religion, And religion teaches us not to masturbate and to do so many things. So, you know, we all have that time when we finally discover ourselves. So if you take a woman who is, you know, raised in the church and waits until she's like 18 or 19 years old to first have sex, you know, she's very inexperienced, you know. And so I think a lot of that goes into it, you know, where a lot of people don't know what they want. Because I I remember I I had a lady who was in her late 20s when she first had her first orgasm. Okay. Yeah. But the thing about it was that she thought sex before was enjoyable. She didn't know. I don't want to say what she was missing, but she didn't know what it felt like to have an orgasm, of course, until she had one. And at that point, it was like, whoa. You know, so I think it is about um, discovery and just, you know, figuring yourself out and and realizing that it is okay to touch your body. It is okay to discover your body. Absolutely. It's your body. I mean, like it's your it's yours. So you might as well 
explore it and figure it out and understand it. And you know what I'm saying? Take some of that pressure off of your lover. I can't imagine <laughs> being somebody in a relationship and you got to go through coming through, figuring all out all of this shit. And it's just like, damn, like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people get off on that. Maybe they like, I don't like having that much power over anybody. So that's just me. I don't want that kind of power over you where I'm, no, I'm good. So How many times a day or a week do you masturbate? On average, maybe about four to six times a week. So about every, almost every day. Yeah. Do you use your hands or do you use toys? I use toys. But it, de- it depends on how my sessions go. So, for example, if I'm in a session with myself. Oh, wow. You call it a session. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a session. So if I'm in a session with myself and I, let's say I have like six orgasms, right? Then I'm probably not going to masturbate for the next maybe week because that's a lot. So... <laughs> Like I haven't masturbated since the last time, which was like five days ago. Cause I just, I gave it all I had and I'm good. I'm satisfied, so. So you said you use toys. Do you use dildos or do you use vibrators? I use both, but predominantly I am a vibrator fan, particularly clitoris stimulation. So vaginal penetration is I'm okay with it. I'm just not, I don't crave it in the same way that I do. Like focusing on massaging my vulva or, you know, giving attention to my clitoris. Sometimes, you know, your vagina, for anybody that has one, you know what this feels like. You know, sometimes the vagina will just crave, you know, to be stimulated or to be massaged. So you'll want that, but I won't fall apart if I don't get dick. Are you bisexual? I am. I don't identify as bisexual, but um, I like what I like. When you like it. When I like it. (laughs) How do your sessions vary when you're in a relationship? Do you masturbate as much as you do now when you're in a relationship or not as much? I have not been seriously committed to anybody Probably really ever. <laughs> I'm being <laughs> honest to you. Seriously committed? No. Why not? Mm-hmm. You're not ready? Ready now. I wasn't in the past. No, I wasn't in the past. And even when I thought that I wanted to be seriously committed to somebody, I was being fooled by my traumas that was making me feel like I wanted to be with somebody. Cause I look back on those experiences. I'm like, I wouldn't have been with you if the fucking world needed saving. But when I'm dealing with people, when I'm enjoying people and I'm experiencing people, then I always bring my, my self touch into sexual experiences. Like if I'm dealing with you sexually, we're going to have toys. We're going to, that's just how that go. Or, we just not go. If if somebody is uncomfortable with that, that's okay. Then just we won't be having sex. What has changed in you now that makes you ready for all of the things that you were not ready for before? Yeah, um, I'm a lot more grounded as a person. Meaning this, I don't blame other people any longer for my limitations. 
right? So I went through a whole like niggas ain't shit phase where you wanna make it seem like it's something wrong with men or other people and da 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 da. And then I dealt with a woman and then I was like, she had the same issues <laughs> that the men I was dealing with had. And I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Actually, this is a me problem, not a not a they problem. So, 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 so wait, so the, the young lady had issues with you that some of the same that the men had with you? She had issues with herself. Okay. Got it. <laughs> she had issues so the same issues that some of the men had, this young lady had as well. Yes. And what were some of those? Narcissism. Yeah. Which is manipulation, gaslighting. Yeah. Was she more of a stud? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she had a lot of masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, and I'm like, and I'm mm-hmm, not, I'm mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, because here's the thing, I'm just sitting here thinking about it and I'm like, and no shade to her, you know, like, yeah, I want to yeah, be definitely. clear, I'm not like, she had parts of her that was, were good as well. She yeah, wasn't the devil, yeah, right? Yeah. So we all got our shit, but really, like I said, what, what I'm really trying to say here is that that experience, I'm very grateful for it because it really taught me she reflected back to me a lot of my own my own shit my yeah. own stuff that i needed to work on and then she helped me understand that oh it's not everybody else it's me because you switch genders and you still dealing with the same shit no okay so then no this ain't got nothing to do with gender this got everything to do with energy and what you choosing what you're attracting and what you choosing and so i'm at a place in my life now where i can hold myself accountable and I'm not afraid to show up for myself. If I got to sit and cry and hold space for myself for three hours and, and process, that's what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Wow. I do think a lot of the things that you were speaking about are very important. I didn't know you before, so I can't compare it to how you were before. But when I spoke to you, your energy was just amazing. And it made me want to know more about you. And it made me want to go deeper within you, you know? And to, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, wow. Listen, <laughs> no, but seriously, you know, so you have an infectious energy about yourself. And it's just that I want you to take that. And I want you to know that when you're doing your mirror work, that you can look and you can see that, you know, there is something about you that you have to give to this world, right? That is so, so special. And I want you to remember that. And I want you to think about that. And I know you know that, right? But sometimes it's good to hear, right? So beautiful, so sweet. So I thank you so much for being very (laughs) candid and answering my questions that I know might have uh, been a little bit to the left. But, you know, I always ask what I think people may think. I appreciate this interview because one of the things in reflection that I noticed was that in the beginning, you you called me out and you said, okay, you you speaking too fast and you going through this real quick. I was like, you know, nervous and like trying to get through and use my masculine <laughs> energy to rush through stuff. And you said, you know, with your grounded energy, you was like, let's slow this down. And I just think that that's so beautiful. Um, and it, it's, I'm just, I'm grateful for where I'm at in my life right now because it's allowed me to attract experiences into my life where, you know, I can 
have people and, and men is especially who can say, let's slow down. And I think it's important that women who are dealing with men have experiences where a man is like, let me slow you down. Let's be in the feminine and let's massage this out. And I appreciate your energy for that. That's very affirming for me to add to my list of things of what I want in a partner because um, I didn't know that I needed that until today. So thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, though, because people do that all the time when they come on the show. And it's so (laughs) funny because they tell their own story and it's your story. Right. But the thing about it is, is that if you go too quick, right, I'm a listener. Right. Even though I'm interviewing you, I'm I'm a person. I want to hear your story. So when you breeze through it, it's so many things that it took for you to get to where you are. You know, and it's like we need to hear that because that's what makes you beautiful. You know, it's not just the end that makes you beautiful. It's everything in the middle, everything at the beginning. All of us had to go through everything we had to go through to get to where we are today. Right. So every mistake, everything that we did, it made us beautiful because ultimately we had to experience those things to get to where we are. And we always have to remember that we have to tell ourselves that daily is that we had to go through everything we had to go through in order to get to where we are today and where we're going to be tomorrow. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) you. Your energy is beautiful as well. So thank you for having me on. And I hope your listeners, I hope this message reaches them in the highest health, love, peace, and all that good shit. (laughs) And all that good shit. Yeah. I love it. You know what? Uh, Thank you so much, Mystic. Uh, We definitely will be talking again. Mystique's purpose is to help people identify and access their divine pleasure and learn how to use it to vibrate towards a more evolved you so that you can have better sex, better jobs, better partners, better vacations, and a better everything. For more on Mystique, you can go to her website, soulsandgspots.com. That's S-O-U-L-Z. A-N-D-G-S-P-O-T-Z dot com. Or you can follow her on Instagram at Souls and G-Spots. That's our show for today. The music used during the interview of this episode was produced by The Fifth Perspective. Thank you for listening to the What's Your Thoughts on this podcast. We truly appreciate your support. Our show is produced by Amir Ali. Our theme song was written by Amir Ali produced by Adrian Brundy and performed by Enrico Delves. If you would like to be a guest on our show or if you have a question or you want to provide some feedback, send an email to WITLTpodcast at gmail.com. Our podcast is available on all platforms, so make sure you subscribe to our show and follow us on social media. Be well, be safe, and be blessed. Until next time. Audio post-production by Yaya Podcasting. Yaya Podcasting dot com.